You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome back. Dewey, we are back again. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This time we're actually in a new location. It's almost like we are in new locations every time we do this recording. This, this time we're actually in the home of, of our uh, of our special guest this week. Yeah, I, one of one of the reasons we'll never make it is we don't have access or money for <laughs> a studio. No, no. I, and, and why? Why? I mean, we both have microphones that we you paid twenty bucks for one of yours. So you know, I mean, there's a lot of people listening to this from places other than New York City. So why shouldn't we give them the opportunity to hear all that New York? City can supply. Oh yeah, uh, uh, ambiance-wise. Yeah, because we've been in Queens, we've been up uptown Washington Heights, we've been downtown in the is that Soho? What where is that? Or village? The village, yeah. the village. And then and now we're in the Upper West Side. We we're, we're going all over. And we got we got planes flying overhead. We've got we've got heaters hissing. We've got garbage trucks going by and children playing yeah. outside. I mean, and who doesn't want to hear children? Honestly, that's what this is about, is just yeah. so you can get the sounds of the city. <laughs> the sounds of the city. Well, let's get into this. All right. All right. All right. So, okay. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start us off. Uh, please do. Okay. Why I'll never make it is because I'm insane. Now, anyone who knows me, that needs no further description. Honestly, but, pe- I, yeah. people are this far into <laughs> right. the episodes that we've done. They know. Yeah, they know. But for those of you who don't know me, what I mean is, is that, okay, for example, this year is the year of Mamma Mia!, there are, I just found this out, there are 33 regional companies so many. doing the show Mamma Mia. Now, I, myself, have been auditioning for Mamma Mia for 10 years. That's Broadway companies, New York uh, national tour companies, regional companies. I've been auditioning for Mamma Mia, you know, one of the dads, for 10 years. Right. Now, what is the definition of insanity? To do something over and over again and expect a different result. I've never been cast in Mamma Mia right. after 10 years of auditioning. Right. Yet, what did I do yesterday? I auditioned for Mamma Mia. So that is why I'll never make it, because I don't seem to have that off switch that goes, huh, after 10 years, 
maybe I'm not right for Mamma Mia. You know, but just just so people understand, when a show is on Broadway, right? generally, not always, but generally, that show remains on Broadway and not in your local theater, not in your community theater, not right. in your high school. There aren't a million productions of it. So in, in that vein, uh, what Patrick is describing to you is a very limited number of opportunities to play in Mamma Mia!, before now. Right, right. It, it's mostly been the Broadway companies and the national touring companies. Yeah. But then about, what was it, three three years ago? Is the, that when it closed? Two, or it, th- th- yeah, two or three years ago. It was yeah. two or three years ago that it closed, and then regional companies took it by storm. And That's so right. now they've, and so now a lot of them got the show because, you know, who doesn't want to hear the music of ABBA? Uh, I'm just saying the, <laughs> the, 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 the circumstances have changed, and I think you're, you, you've done it. A noble thing in getting back up on that horse <laughs> right. and trying yeah. again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's a lot of what this what this profession is. It's just getting back up again after ten years. Keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of just getting up and yeah. doing it again. That's right. So, all right, Dewey. Why are you never going to make it? Because I am from the middle of nowhere, and I have a. We're talking about mental states here. I have. I have a small town mentality. And and I mean that in a positive way because it's one of those like, you know, pull your up by pull your, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and uh, right from Missouri. And, and 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 it's it's one of those things that in my mind I've got what I deserve. Hmm. And and anything that I like work for is what I'll get, but I can't expect anyone anyone in this business to to provide me with any level of anything back. Oh, oh, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, it is like, if I don't get it done, it's not going to get done. So it's all on me. I, I'm the same way. But I don't know if you've been to the theater. There's more than one person on that stage, and there's more than one person that's put that thing on. And at the end of the day, that's not a real way to go about things. You, you, you depend on a large number of people yeah. when you're working on a production. So I, don't, I, I think it's going to keep me ultimately from ever making it. Right, right, because there's just so many people. So many people. And, 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 and when we audition, there's so many people behind that table saying yay or nay. And all, a, a lot of times, all it takes is one nay out of that room to, to not it's do it. It's the loudest horse. Yeah, because I, I remember I was auditioning for, uh, and a, a, I think it was, a, it was an off-Broadway thing. and oh, oh, no, it was for Nymph. That's what it was, the New York Musical Theater Festival. And I was auditioning, and the director, he had someone else in mind. He just didn't want me. Everyone else, I found this out later, everyone else, musical director from the producers, everyone else liked me, but the director was like, no, I have someone else in mind. They, he eventually caved, and that's the only reason. But had he stuck with his no, I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's the director, too. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I guess his voice is a little bit louder. Yeah, so the biggest nay. The, the biggest the, horse in that room. It's the biggest horse. Right. <laughs> All right, so I started out. I started out the last segment. You go with why you're still here. I am from this small town, and from that small town, getting to college was like that's going to be tough. But I got there. Getting from college to just to the city of New York. That's like figuring out how a train works or a oh, plane yeah, works. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, I, and, this and, may not work. I may not be able to do your life. this. You moved your life. Yeah. Then getting here and booking 
any wait figuring out how to get to an audition on the subway <laughs> the 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 vast chasm i have spanned in the time that i have come from that small town to where i am today is enormous and the things that i have done are things that i never i there were so many uh, steps between where i was and doing a tour Mm-hmm. Uh, and where I was, and uh, you know, booking a show of any, uh, booking a a, a non paid uh, showcase in New York or a, an off Broadway show, any of that stuff, was so far from where I was that it, it's not even something that I was always striving to achieve. Mm-hmm. They are these like magical things that other people did, right? And the idea that I've come that far. Uh, has brought me a great deal of pride and joy in what it is that I am and have already accomplished. Yeah, am I th- accomplishing and have already accomplished. Yeah, th- yeah, that's one of those things I have to remind myself about because I I'll look at my own barometer and I'm like, well, I haven't achieved this, or I still haven't achieved. You know, I I have these these things I still have yet to do. But yet I talk to someone and they ask about what I've done, and they're just, wow, that's so great. And that when when someone else is hearing it fresh i get to hear it again like oh i actually have done a lot i mean yeah. i've i've been blessed in this business so i you've gotten I, to work with me i that, that's a big deal shaman that is that's a lot so and that actually gets me to why i'm still here which is the interaction that we get with fellow performers i mean to be in a scene whether it's with one person or a group of people to be on stage to perform and it's whether you're on on an actual stage in performance or just in rehearsal or in an audition reader situation um it's it's that interaction it's putting on that character it's seeing how they respond to you you respond to them and it's and it's it's an invigorating process to go through yeah and and because uh, it was a couple of weeks ago and and I'll actually be doing it later today but I, I got a chance to be a reader for uh, for auditions and so I'm I'm the one who just sits there for eight hours and one by one people come in and do their sides and I'm reading opposite sometimes I'm I'm this guy or this girl or you know whoever whoever they need and it was just it was so interesting the different vibes that I would get from the different people yeah. reading the same exact scene, and that was exciting for me. Now you know I'm not auditioning, but it was still a fun process for me to just go through. Awesome, I I, I couldn't agree more with it's it's all a magic trick, yeah. And and I'm a little kid uh, getting like a, a a quarter handed to me from behind my ear over and over again <laughs> by fellow actors. That's a great way to put it. It's, it really is because you, you, I read something on a page and I'm at best bored by it. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I'm, uh, everyone that is listening, that's a child you should read, but oh boy, I, I don't, I don't read much because I get, I just get oh, so bored. Oh, my I've been auditioning for Mamma Mia for 10 years. I know what it's like to be bored by a script. I mean, it, it, it's, just, a it's book. just not a great book. <laughs> Music's fun, but come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but boy, you, you listen to a human being come up with, there, there's no end to the number of ideas that can be brought to a sentence. Um, it's, it's a cool experience for sure. All right, all right. So, look, is it just me, or are there too many emojis? Yeah, there's just too many emojis on our phone. And I just found out that, that, that later on this year, that they're working 
on another 150 emojis that will be added to our phones. Ano like, we, we don't have enough, so we need 150 more to express something. What? That we, like, our, our words, no, are we just going to send messages via emoji? No, 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 like, like no words are needed anymore. I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't know what, like, what? The, the news came out this week. There's a number of directions that I wanted to take this, but the, the news came out this week that there was an actor who uh, got a role in the Emoji movie um, to play the poop. <laughs> and by being offered that role, he decided... How, what was he, that audition like? What was oh, he didn't audition. audition. No, no, this is offer only. Oh, uh, and of course. If, if you're being offered poop, you don't need to audition. It's like they have someone in mind. Just, just to be clear, the, the result of him being offered that role was to say, I'm a director now. And he quit acting. Yeah. He was so... I don't know if he was offended, but just he was... I think I, he would have to tell this story. We'll have him on. Um, but uh, oh he, he uh, directed Get Out, and he's uh, doing quite well now. Well, um, well, you know what? But maybe that was the push he needed to take, an, take a step in his career that he wouldn't have otherwise. Now, the other direction is I don't actually know where the emojis are on my phone. So I, I've received emojis... <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I know what they are. And, and, and do you know what I do, though? Whenever I'm talking to people, I, I gauge from them how emojiful I'm going to be in my text. <laughs> like, if they don't send them that often, then I don't. Right. But, but if they're one of those people, and uh, yeah, yeah, people say it's generational, but I, I've, I've talked to people of, of all ages who send emojis or don't. But if, if they send like two or three per text, then I know I'm a little safe and going a little overboard with it. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, as soon as I figure out where to find it on my phone, I'll, I'll keep <laughs> all right, that in right. mind. Once, once we're done, I'll show you. All right. But first, t tell me what's got under your skin. Is it just me? Or have people lost a sense of shame when it comes to littering? Now, I look, I, I know that if some folks aren't here in New York City. You'll see the garbage on the side of the highway and all of that. But there's an, an anonymity. And, and someone throwing some garbage out their window of their car as they drive down the highway. Here in New York City, there's not a lot of anonymity. You're, uh -uh. you're just looking at people. And, it, just and everybody's tossing. looking at you. Yeah. And if you throw something on the ground, by God, you did it in front of a whole bunch of people. And you probably hit them doing it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been hit by a cigarette. It's like, come on. That's, mean, a, that's, that's assault. That's not littering. Yeah. You actually should go to the police for that. Like, oh, was I've, it a lit I've, cigarette? I've, of course, he had just finished and flicked it. That's, I'm like, dude. All right, that's actually just violence that occurred to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I should have pressed charges. But I look. I, I don't mean to get off topic of theater, but but on my way over here, I just I watched two different people uh, walk walking down the sidewalk, and all they had to do was move five feet to their left mm. as they continue walking. It's too much to set their garbage into a garbage can. There are garbage cans everywhere in New York City. And, more so than some cities, yes. And it, it, all, all the first person had to do was just walk five steps and do it, and they could have thrown their garbage away. But no, it was like a wrapper from something they had eaten, and I watched them, I, I watched them take their wrapper, ball it up, and just throw it, like violently throw it to the ground, like made a show of littering on yeah. the sidewalk. Yeah, um, it's called defiant littering, I think. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand people because the thing is. And that's, I think it's particular to New Yorkers because you go, I've been to Chicago, I've been to Toronto, two other very big cities. 
not near the trash. Yeah, we get it. You travel. Jesus. Yeah, I do. I do. I get out of here. All right. You got to. All right. Well, you know what? I think it's time. I mean, he's been sitting patiently. Has he? It, no, well, well, he's shaking his head. So <laughs> let's bring on our special guest. Good. All right. I am so excited to bring on this guest. I, I, I will admit to you that when we first came up with the idea for this podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of. This is Michael Kostroff. Hi. Hello, Michael. Michael. And Michael Kostroff, you and I, how long have we known each other? It's I, I, about 10 years, I, I think. I'm at the age where I actually don't remember. <laughs> I always forget like what our first thing together was. I think it was a, a, a forum. Producers. Producers, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, the, the, the other the one. Producer. You guys worked on the producers together? Uh, this was uh, at, at the, the Gateway Playhouse. You know, we, we oh, were, yes, that's why of, I don't remember yeah, it. Right, speaking yeah. of regional productions, <laughs> right, right. I've done shows. seven producers, so it's very hard to remember. Oh, yeah. cool. Yes. Yeah, that's actually the first show that I worked on in New York City, uh, but... Uh, I worked as line control uh, when Nathan Lane and Matthew were in the show here in New York. I stood out front and told people where to stand in line. Oh, I thought you meant you told them when their lines were wrong. <laughs> oh, I wish. I am uh, Dewey. I'm on, I'm on line control. You dropped. <laughs> I'm on line. You dropped one of the verbs in that. Yeah. Why, why is there no? Well, I mean, I guess the assistant stage manager is in charge of I, line control. I don't control. imagine that, 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 that would go over very well. No, no, I mean, that, line control. Yeah, th- yeah, yeah, not with either of those two. It sounds very corporate. So so, so so yeah. So what? you and I have acted what? together. Uh, yeah, okay. I know. I don't know. I asked the questions, oh, Michael. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, and and Dewey, you throw in a question or two, Dewey. But 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 why well, are we here? Yeah, th- and and this gets us to why are we here in my apartment in New York on Earth? Keep going. Keep going. Uh, yeah, keep why, going farther. Why are, deeper? Why are we at this, uh, at this at the table by the window where we can hear kids? Nope, we went shallower. <laughs> we went we went back. Oh, okay, we went the other way. <laughs> But uh, but but seriously, we're here <laughs> to talk about what what it is that you do. But I I don't want to talk about that because here's why. I just sit and listen. You know, I, I <laughs> I'm I'm an, I'm an enormous curmudgeon, and I had to hold my tongue while you talked about emojis and you know rudeness and you know. So I, then then let's talk about emojis. Well, uh, please tell me please, because because I brought it up. So okay, please. here's the thing. So I I write a blog called the Weekly Curmudgeon, which I started at my wife's you know encouragement because she said, look, you have a lot of things to complain about, and you don't have to hide that anymore. She said, you're 56 years old. Write it. It's like you know. Let your <laughs> Put curmud- it out there. let your curmudgeon flag fly. So yeah, my, um, uh, uh, it really frustrates me that they are investing time and thought in creating more emojis. A hundred and fifty yeah. more. Right of them. when they could be investing time and thought in undoing some of the bad linguistic practices that we've developed. Uh, don't get me started. Uh, yeah. You know, my, well, so one of my pet peeves is you go in, into. Um, a Starbucks or uh, Walgreens or anything with a line and the person behind the counter says, following? Have you never experienced that? What does that mean? They say the word following? Following. It started with, they started saying the following customer, which is, right. doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Instead of just the next customer. Right, because when you use the word following, it means that what follows is, like, it would be with the following customer, please come to the front, Michael Kostroff. Right, right. But so they, so that went weird, and then, uh, um, and then it went from following customer, okay, and then it turned into following. So anyway, I, I went way off on a tangent there. But um, uh, emojis is like undoing progress to me. Like we had cave paintings, 
and then we developed language and now we're undeveloping it because I don't know how to tell you how I feel, so I have to show you some fire yeah. <laughs> you know, or right. a pickle or whatever. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and most of these emojis have to do with some kind of emotion to express something, you know, and so... Use your words! It, I know, but it's it's a different squiggly line of the mouth, whether it's a straight line or a squiggly line or raised at the end or, or, or if it's slightly open or gaping. or It's like so many different ways... So you know, you said yeah. you don't usually yeah. edit these conversations. I'm sure this will go away because it's really not interesting. But no, no, no. I, no. But, well, well, no. I, I, I brought up the emotion. Don't be crazy. I want to. I want to play devil's advocate. Oh, great. Let's do it. <laughs> if everyone's comfortable, Wait, can you pick up the cracking my knuckles? All right, all right, Dewey, put them up. In, uh, uh in the past, in my youth, uh, in order to speak to a human being, you had to walk up to them and speak to them. Yes. And you may only speak in so many words, but your facial expressions, your posture, your stance, all of those like sort of micro movements of your body are expressing an enormous number of things to that fellow person. We have, as a society, removed a lot of in-person interactions. So now, when I'm speaking to my friend, uh, I'm not in front of him. I'm doing it via text, not long form email, but via text. And at which, by the way, we were all conditioned to do very short texts because otherwise people were paying for additional texts. Right. In 1932. I know. These are my, this is my <laughs> gain of this. But these emojis, I feel, could have arisen as a way to um, add some emotional context, some of that additional body language that we are now missing from our interactions. Okay, now watch me walk you back to the topic of your podcast really artfully. <laughs> we are actors. We deal in language. I love the written word, and I love the challenge of finding the word that communicates what I want to communicate. Yeah. When I'm studying a role, I have to go, why did he say that exact word? So, you know, it's like... Uh, I mean, we no longer have a, have a, a word limit, and I, I feel that it is better to rise to the challenge of saying, I'm feeling curious, or I'm feeling perturbed, or I'm feeling quizzical. You know, I'm feeling, you know, I'm, I'm baffled by that, as opposed to, here's a picture of somebody's face. Yeah, I, I, so I, 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 think, I think we should, especially as actors, we should rise to the challenge of using our words and using nuanced words and, and, and finding the right word. I, d I actually agree Thank you. with both of you. I'm, wait, I'm, I am the guest, and it's my apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so if we don't want to get kicked out, we have to agree. But I will agree with both of you in, in the fact that, yes, we, we use emojis way too much, and we're kind of lazy with that. But I will also agree with Dewey in the fact that there is a time and place, because there's lack of body language and that facial expression, a time and a place for a select few emojis. For example, for me, the, the, I think the way that I use emojis most, there are two, two ways, either to express love and affection to someone, oh, you know, I, I love what they did or whatever. And the other way is when I'm expressing sarcasm. Sarcasm is tough via text. And a little wink at the end can let them know, hey, I'm messing with you. And so that, because, because sarcasm is such okay. a tone it is. It's such a tone that it can help to have that one little emoji. I just want to say end. we're drawing pictures. That's what we're doing. Here's a picture. Here's a picture of how I feel. Yeah. It's what yeah. they do in, 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 in therapy for the criminally insane. Draw a picture of how you feel. Well, I just, I'm, 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 all right. 
I would be remiss to let something go by that you said, which is that as actors, we should use our words. And I, as an actor, have rarely been allowed to use my own words. Ah. Uh, I almost only ever use other people's. And if they've not already been put in some specific order for me, uh, a picture is very helpful to me. <laughs> let me let me clarify. I'm so sorry. I, no, no, I have to clarify that point. I'm not saying when I say when I study a script, I have to have a, a, a wide enough vocabulary to see the nuance and why the writer chose a particular word. Yeah. So one way to exercise that muscle is by in conversation using actual English words. I agree. Um, anyway, I, 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 I agree with that. Okay, go we, ahead. We, we, we're we just starting agree. to dabble. No, no, no. I just I think we're starting to get into uh, a topic that I'd like to talk over with you, which is uh, who you are and what you do. Okay. Uh, because you just mentioned uh, a way that you go about uh, reading through a script. Um, because I, I don't know that everyone on this podcast knows all of the things that what? you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean. Believe me, I've been trying to hype you up. But, 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 but yeah. So, so, Michael, you mentioned that you've done producer seven times. You and I have done one of those. Yes. And but, I people may also know you from The Wire, which you were on for five several seasons. five all, seasons. All of the seasons. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, so you were a recurring character, or were you a a primary? I was, I was recurring, and then I became a series regular. There you go. So, so, what was that transition going from stage <laughs> to TV? Oh God. Uh, Oh, that's a very, very hard question to answer. You're so going to have to edit. Um, I, I don't. Please describe I, the process. I don't of know auditioning. that this was my path because I, you know, like when I say I started in stage, I didn't get paid for being in stage. Oh, I was doing a lot of non-paying theater and um, moved to LA because I wasn't working. There isn't like a really great, interesting story here. And then surprisingly, I started to work in television. So I, I don't know. Uh, that I went from this great stage career. <laughs> oh, it's so hard to break those habits after the RSC. Um, uh, so I, I think I, I think I, I don't have a good answer to that question. But 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 yes. something led you to move to LA. What what, what was that? It's like, it's like I've had employment. Oh, okay. Unemployment. Your your show is called Why I'm, Why I'll Never Make It. Yeah. I was in New York and waiting tables and only acting for no money except the occasional murder mystery weekend. Um, you know, I think I did a showcase, you know, production, and uh, uh, I think it went to a mini contract, which means you get $7 a week. Um, and I looked at a list of all the shows that were shot here, and there were about five, and all the shows that were shot in L.A., and there were about 40. And I just decided to go out as a six-month experiment, and I was there for 20 years. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and... Um, it's not like it happened instantly, and it's not like it happened. Like I don't have a methodology to report. I just sort of, as you said, I kept showing up. I kept hanging out. I had, you know, had an agent, got dropped by an agent, had a lousy agent, had, you know, <laughs> went, went through a whole lot of ups and downs, and to my surprise, started to work seriously in television. But not till I was in my mid to late thirties. Are you are you from New York originally? I'm from New York originally. Yeah. So was it a big step for you to be like, wow, I'm going to move to across the country? Um. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was just so long ago. Did I mention I only slept five hours? Uh, no, no. Oh, no, that was yeah. in the microphone. Class. <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Both, both Michael and I share insomnia. We just, you know, we, we stay up, we do this, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, yeah. nine o'clock in the morning, you got to go. I sleep a lot. 
Oh, that's see, good. see, I, I th- naps. I na- like naps. It, right. If there's a habit that I could, if get. you weren't here right now, I'd be napping. Right. Well, we're sorry to. Can I do that? Let's wrap this up. Let's call it a day. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like we're all over the place. I haven't. I haven't answered a single good question. But um, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Start okay. from the beginning. <laughs> so tell us. Tell us. Okay. Um, okay. So you're, you're saying re- your listeners don't know who I am or what I do? Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's, and, and, and so we're learning a little more. Stage actor, screen actor. Right. But also. You teach classes. I do. I teach. Yeah. I teach, and I write, and I coach, and I I, I wear a lot of hats because I enjoy that. Um, yeah. I um my main I, I about twelve years ago I started teaching a class called Audition Psych One Hundred and One, that's about the psychology of auditioning. Um, and the reason that I'm the teacher for that is that I was really the worst at it and terrified and shy and couldn't present myself in public and I sort of walked my way from that to really loving auditions. Which is kind of the antithesis of what an actor needs to be. Yeah, so so it's, am- it's amazing that It's amazing you- that I never worked. Right, right. It's like, why would no one cast you? No, I was terrible. I was a big apology. It was awful. Um, uh, so I always say I, I was saved by my analytical brain and I've really thought through what goes on psychologically in that process and you know, I've gone all over all over the country teaching this class, and you know the main motivator is if I can disencumber my fellow actors, you know, uh, with some of what they put themselves through in the audition process. It makes me really happy. The book version—I keep looking at the book like everyone can see it um, uh, by ear. Um, the, the book version of Audition Psych 101 just came out, and that's doing really well. And it gets it gets the ideas to people um, in other places where I don't. Travel. I've, I've, I've had requests from Australia, and you know, and I'm not going to Australia to teach the class. So, so now they can buy the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, so send, send them yeah the that's, book. It's sort of become my specialty. And so, what would you say is like? I guess the easy question is like, what's the what's the number one thing that you could tell them? But I think a more interesting question. What what I was is ready the, to answer that one? I, I, okay, I, I, know, I know you have that one, but I'm more curious. What is the strangest thing? Like in all the classes that you've taken, oh. and, and people responding back to you, what's the strangest thing you've heard? You've been like. I actually need to think about how you overcome this, this quirk, this this whatever that you're going through in the audition that's holding you back. What is what's one of the stranger things that you've what's, heard? What struck me the strangest, and I've actually heard it several times, is uh, some actors get more nervous at the callback, which I which threw me because I I am less nervous at the callback. I feel let, I feel accepted and like I don't suck. At, I don't, to one person in the industry, I don't stink. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there are actors who get more nervous at the callback, and so I've you know I, I've had to work with that idea and how to help them with that, yeah, hmm. which is to to <laughs> up your understanding of my famous mantra: "You're not getting the fucking job," which is what I live by, which has saved me from nerves for decades. Yeah, yeah, which gets back to what I was saying about Mamma Mia. After ten years, you're not getting it. No, go have a no. good time. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and at this point, that's all I go in for. Yeah. It's like I'm about to sing some ABBA music. Let's just have fun. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not going to book this. 100. Well, it's yeah. a whole trope too. But the the for an actor, which is why we have to be in a union, the job itself is like the icing. Oh yeah, like the, like working under a contract is like this. Uh, you know, it's it's the candles on the birthday cake. Oh yeah, that's the fun. That the job, the work, is this audition circuit and keeping yourself ready to play any role at any time yeah. that that your body is capable of playing. I hope you don't mind. I called an ambulance. I was concerned about my health. So <laughs> if you're hearing right. that in the background, that's just, my, just here for a checkup. Just, They'll be in. It's, it's my gift to you. Right, right. Gift <laughs> Thank you. Um, but the thing that I related to and what you were talking uh, uh, about earlier is uh, I. 
I live by low expectations. Yeah. I have benefited from low expectations. It's, I really stand in strong opposition to some of the current philosophies of, you know, uh, just positive thinking and, you know, saying that I'm going to be a huge success and that I'm going to get a job. I, I have very low expectations and I get to be pleasantly surprised again and again. Yeah. Every time somebody hires me, and I work a lot, every single time I go, you're kidding. What? They picked me because I never expect anything. And, I, and my, my gig is I go around, I get to go, go around to these different offices and act. And that's what I get to do, you know? Now, I, I will let you in on a little bit of my psychology or psychosis, whatever it is. So for me, I have the opposite reaction. As soon as I am booked in a job, I start thinking, oh, is, is, well, if they want me, is, is there a better job out there? I, oh, really? I, I'm now looking for the, for the next better oh. thing. I, 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 have, I have that problem. And that it's hard for me to be happy about the what I just got I cast it, in. Okay, so here's why I think you should break yourself of that habit. I'm just going to counsel you on the air. Counsel, that, please. You know, getting an acting job is the rarest, weirdest, most obscure, oh impossible God. outcome. It's lightning striking twice. It really is. It's winning the lottery. And I, 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 I really think you miss out on a great opportunity to celebrate. I'm just going to say that because because I always go, yippee, they want me. I mean, in fact, my agent is the one who sometimes has to say, no, you're not going to Tucson to do Death of a Salesman for $50. No, you're not doing that <laughs> because I'm like, but they picked me. Can I, they like me. Just before we pass by this, is there actually a theater in Tucson doing Death of a Salesman? Because I would, <laughs> I would take Please. the $50. Please. Take the $50? Yeah. Sorry, I made it up. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry. See, that was, see, was acting. I was acting, and you believe me. Wow. Yep, that's yeah. why I'm who I am. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. So yeah, so uh, uh, so I teach Auditions Like 101, and I teach a new class called Comedy for the Unfunny that I really enjoy that happened because... You're pointing at me while you say that. You're yeah, just yeah, yeah, really just, gesturing in my direction. I wanted to gently suggest <laughs> Comedy for the Unfunny. <laughs> okay, thank you. This is actually why I brought him on, Dewey, in order... I told you about you. Right. We, we wanted to tell you how unfunny you were. <laughs> Thank you. But in the, most, in the most public it. way possible. So we okay. do no, you know, I, I, I coach a lot. And I have some clients who go, what do I do? It's comedy. It's comedy. I'm not good at comedy. And I, I've really had a very fun challenge uh, working on comedy with people who are not instinctively funny. Because I don't think you can te- You can't teach the instinct. Um, and again, now I'm looking at Patrick. You can't yeah. teach the instinct. No, Patrick. no. No. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the, I mean, seriously, all kidding aside, all three of us at this table have comedic instinct. You think of funny things. Yeah. You think funny. Um, and not everybody has that. But what, what I've really had a lot of success with is um, guiding dramatic actors to use the dramatic tools of stakes, character, journey, objectives, obstacles, all the stuff they're comfortable using and to commit to those no matter how ridiculous the situation. And it's hilarious yeah and they get to have the experience of people laughing at their stuff in class and they're like i wasn't being funny i'm like that's the point it's very rarely funny to the character yeah you know yeah. when i played max bialystok i had somebody once say what are you doing i said i said don't laugh when i tell you this i'm doing greek tragedy i really am it is so serious to max it is the highest possible stakes it's just like you see in greek tragedy he would do anything to get what he wants yeah and that's why it's funny because what he wants is silly it's right. a silly, it's so frivolous absurd. thing, and he has, right. he's unencumbered by, by ethics or morals. But, but it's funny because of the desperation and the absolute need, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah the, 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 I, as, a, as a kid in this small town, the idea of being a comedic actor and a dramatic actor was always, they're two separate worlds. And yes. like, yes, maybe a comedic actor could do drama, but never, never the reverse of that. And uh, then I started uh, performing 
And they're not different. I mean, they, they're, not- they're different for the audience, but they're not different for the actor. Ultimately, like, I have a job truth. to do, which is to play the truth of this 100%. human's life. And that truth is sometimes ridiculous and absurd. And sometimes it's just, like, super, like, depressing yeah, yeah. that's right that's yeah, right because the objectives are still the same you still have to go from point a to point b it's just a matter of how but you're going to get there you guys know this because you're funny but dramatic act- actors who think of themselves as not funny and strictly dramatic uh don't know that they can get there this way yeah mm. so that's what the class is about it's so much fun you know who's well, hilarious is michael shannon do you know who michael shannon is the, no the actor? idea no no uh, he, who, who's he's this like a badass guy. Well, I can't think of a movie he's been in, so don't worry Great, about this it. This has but, been interesting. <laughs> uh, th- thank you for bringing he's him up. Got, he's just so mean and uh, dark, and a lot of the work that he's done has been the bad guy and just like like scowling right. through movies. And he's, he's funny. All you have to do is put that guy in an absurd situation, let him continue to be like the actor that he is and the, the sort of type of human being that he is, and it's the funniest thing. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. I, you know, and I, I think that it becomes funny. You know, I always, I always use the odd couple in my class because if you, I always say, forget funny, forget funny. You have a worldview. There is yeah. no room for another worldview. There is a way. It's like how I get when people talk in the theater, and this is not funny to me. It, it's funny to other people because I get so militant and so outraged. I mean, I, I, I feel that I'm, impossi- I'm possibly in danger of harming people, and I'm not kidding when they talk during live theater. We got to make sure people can find this curmudgeon. Oh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's the weekly curmudgeon.com. Okay. If you can't uh, spell not, curmudgeon, you have no business. Because I feel like you've talked about <laughs> yeah. that. Then you're not gonna oh, I've it. talked about that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, that level of a complete disallowance of another interpretation. Like, if anybody dares to defend somebody who talks during live theater, I'm like, there is no defense for this. <laughs> yeah. And so that's Felix, and that's Oscar. And yeah. those two things, their two worldviews don't go together, and that's all you need. The complete bafflement that anybody could act in another way. And the, yeah. the, then you got comedy. Bingo, right. comedy. Okay, so that's all. Yeah, well, that's all, I well all right, so we've just broken down comedy. Anyone can do it. Well, Done. no, no, of course not. Of course not. Not <laughs> so, as well as we can. Well, no, of course not. So, so, so speaking of, of comedy, you, you, you had mentioned um, you know, that you, weren't, you, you just weren't doing it here in New York, so you moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you came back to New York. Yes. And so have you found better success since coming back? You know, I, this is going to get a little philosophical. I feel like any time you do what I call shaking up the snow globe, uh, well, I, I have found that it it, it, it it loosens things up and you go to another level. So yes, I, I uh, b- being in LA, I was working constantly at a certain level, and then I came here and I'm I'm find that I'm working at a, a higher level because I think that part of it is like, oh, oh, that guy from LA, he's new, let's get him. Yeah. So um, uh, I've gone from like playing guest stars to playing the guest star, which is sort of a new place to be. Like oh. I'm the killer. I'm the you know. Yeah, I'm the main uh, lawyer or whatever. So yeah, it's it's been good. Oh, but I really I was just homesick. I really missed the city, so it's nice to be back. But I, ironically, it was, this gets to you know why I'll never make it. I you know I I really want to be a New York stage actor, and that's really one of the main reasons I moved back. Mm. Yeah, can't get, I I can't get arrested. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm like, just I don't get seen. I don't get picked. I you know like Michael who? Yeah. yeah, it really is like you know TV people are like oh that's Michael Kostroff. 
you know, and then I, I, I walk into a theater audition and the sense is like, yeah, you are, have you done theater before? You're, ooh, no. yeah. So, yeah, there's no... And, it, and it's so interesting having, having worked with you because I only knew you from producers and I knew you'd done that show a lot. And so yeah. for me, you are this stage actor. You're this musical theater guy. But, yeah. Well, it, it's also funny because the, the discrepancy between the, you know, I, I play these very cerebral, serious, dramatic yeah. people, small energy you know on tv and then i played sort of the most high strung i'm gonna lose my shit people on stage you know it's it's just yeah, because you just finished doing a production of hairspray yeah yeah how yeah. how was how was that because that's that's an out there character it was a joy yeah, the, a, yeah a and you were playing edna. edna i always wanted to play edna uh you know uh always played by a man and i i i I always wanted to play Edna, and I, it was a joy. It was really interesting stepping into the other gender. Really interesting. Um, it's funny that people go instantly to a to wink, and you know, I think it makes people uncomfortable on some level because, like, oh, you're in a dress, <laughs> you know. And it's like, yeah, but I'm playing a mom. I'm playing somebody's mom, and that's what I'm doing. You know, I this, <laughs> whenever I. Um, I always volunteer to, to do any kind of promotion or talk to school kids or whatever. Whenever I visit a school like little kids, the most commonly asked question among little boys is, what would you do if you had to dress up like a girl? Yeah. That's what they ask. Every time. I'm talking like if they're seven or eight years old, what would you do? And, and, and are they asking like, oh my gosh, are you? Are, do you do that? Why like, would you do? What would, what would you do? So it scares them. Oh God. And I'm like, I've That's done so it. I'm like, yeah, and boys, it's fun. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, was, it, 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 I'm in a children's theater company uh, called Story Pirates, and we take stories written by kids, and we perform them for the back them, to the them. kids. We, we do. And, and it's, produce them. We, their intellectual Openly property steal them. Yeah. is ours. Wow. But uh, we, we do it in their schools for large groups of people to get them to write stories. That's the whole bit, is to get them to do creative writing. And you are doing sort of an improv show with them. You're asking them for every idea on building a story. You get the character, the setting, the problem they run into, all of that. And uh, frequently they come up with ideas that they think are going to do just that, like put you in a dress or uh, make you do something that is sort of embarrassing, but is ultimately going to embarrass one of the children or many of the children in that room if you give them what they're asking for. Right. Whereas if you, me, Dewey, I'm asked to play a teacher or a mother like Edna, right? Uh, that if I'm asked to play that character, the job, and this is, by the way, this is the how the story pirates philosophy works in performing it. it, it you're, you're to go out there and play the truth of that character, the base truth of that character through your own prism, which yeah. is a weird way of just saying, like, I'm a man and I have to be a man. I can't change that. Right. I guess I can. And now but I'm I, a mom. And now I'm asked to play this role of a mom of whatever it is that I'm usually some sort of like turtle or a, a dragon, a flying dragon. There's lots of flying dragons. And invest in it. You got to just and invest in it. But there's no there's no skirts. There's no wigs. There's no. It's it. Ultimately, the idea is to play the truth of that character. It's still funny. It's still like uh, giving that kid what they asked for. Right. But it is not playing into. Uh, giving that stereotype all yes. that it is. Right, 100%. I love that. And so does your answer to that question of do you have to, to wear a dress, d- does it allay their fears or, or, or do they look at it differently? No, they're sh- I, I mean, I'm trying to shock them, obviously. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, but but I'm, I'm like, yeah, I've done it. It's fun. And they're like, oh, oh my God. Can, I mean, I, I, I have to brag about this. And it's, it's 
people are skeptical, but if you'd seen the show, you might feel differently. There were people who thought I was a woman. Uh, I mm. mean, you know, I, probably they didn't read the program and they didn't know that <laughs> right. hairspray is hairspray. But uh, there were, and and yeah, it's a lot of old people in Florida. But there were people who, uh, uh, quite a number of people who were like, no, that's a, that's a woman. But it's it goes to what you're talking about. It, it's not comedy or drama or in. man or woman. It's you're playing a part. Yeah, like full stop. Yeah. Anyway, it was that was a, it was a blast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I don't want to do it again because the production was so great. Yeah, that's, that's a wonderful feeling yeah. to have. Yeah, they yeah. might do it here in New York, though. If you're really looking to get on that New York stage, do <laughs> right. you... that that might be that might be your way in. I would want it unless it was with the same director. Nope. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it, it's great it whenever cool. it all meshes like that, where where you have the director, the the, the production, the cast, and it's just it, it it's what, what Dewey said. It is that quarter from behind the ear. It's just like it is. Wow. You know, but also, I mean, because I've been directing more and more, and every time I work mm. with a great director, I'm like. Why can't it always be this way? Yeah. You know, I mean, even just a nice director who's respectful and likes actors, why isn't it always like this? You know? I agree. I agree. And I, you know, every time I direct, I feel like I'm rescuing a cast from a bad director. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I may not be any good, but at least they're not working with a jerk. Okay. Um, okay. Well, you, you've given me advice once before. So, so you can give me advice. And I'm sure there's people listening who are wondering about this too. That transition from actor to director, what was that? What, what were the steps you took, or how did you go about kind of incorporating okay. that into your. Most of the things that have happened to me are accidents or mistakes or errors or I can't explain. Like I, I became a writer because I was working at Disneyland and I was improvising in this show and the head writer said, you should write for us. And I said, I'm not a writer. He says, it doesn't matter. You should write for us. And I didn't know I had any writing talent. And now I've, you know, I've, I've on my third, I've, my third book comes out in March and I've you know written a column and all that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, so with directing, I, I was writing to a uh, flat rock playhouse. They wanted me to come back and I looked at their season and I went, Oh, you're doing funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I've done that before. You're doing laughter on the 23rd floor. I've done that before. And for some reason I wrote, or if you don't have a director for laughter yet, I could do that. Oh, you had to direct that? I and they that said, uh, they said, yeah, do that. They never asked if I had a resume. Although I have directed a lot, I have not directed professionally before. And they just didn't ask. And they went, huh. yeah, do that. And by the end of the week, I was in auditions. I was like, I guess I'm directing. That's how it happened. That's wow. It. And wow. then I, I, I was not prepared for how much I would you, love you, it. You know what? But, but, that, but that makes a good point. And, and, and I think that that's true, whether you're acting, directing, whatever part of this business. Yeah. It's... Ask, ask for it, because I, I, I think, I, I, I think more often than not, I know as an actor, I'm, I'm a little tentative to, to say this is what I want. Can I have it? Or you know, to, to reach out to a director or someone you've worked with and said, hey, can I get an appointment for this? Or hey, would you think of me for this role? Or, or this can show? I can I intern with you? Can right. I can I get can right, I pick right, your right, brain about? Right? It? Can I work with you? Can I talk to you about this? Can, you know, to, well, to look, actually, I'm, like I'm you know I'm a good example. I love to mentor. I, I love when when like. You know, I, whenever I go to a theater, I, like I said, I always do whatever extra I can do. And if they're apprentices or interns, I'm like, get in touch with me. And some of them have taken me up on it. And we go out to coffee here in New York. And I'm like, pick my brain. It's fun for me. I like it. So, you know, it's, it's. Uh, I, I mean, and I, again, I, but I also think you have to be open to the happy accidents. Yeah. None of this, I didn't plan any of that, you know. Uh. It was sort of an accident. Then I loved it. I was I was shocked by how much I loved it. What a yeah. great show to start with, too. Well, and also I know it really well, which helped. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you you grew up in New York. Did you grow up in the theater? No, no. My actually, my folks were in the film production. Okay. So I grew up kind of 
watching the other side of the film filming process. The more technical side yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. And not that I learned anything. I'm just saying that's where I was standing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did In proximity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I think maybe at least demystified the, the film set atmosphere for me. That sure. So that, that did help. Um, no, no. Um, the closest theatrical relative I have is my grandfather, who was an opera singer who I never met. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pictures of him are outrageous. He's always in some crazy oh, outfit. Oh, I bet. Makeup oh. And, yeah, like yeah. It was he was like yeah. a, a reputable like uh, met or maybe not quite that level. He was but... a criminal. Was that, yeah, he was reputable. He, yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was notorious. No, he I know was, a lot of great opera singers who have never sung at the Met. You know, yeah. that's. Uh, I think he was. Uh, yes, I think he was a steadily working ensemble. What, what would they call it? chorus? Opera chorus. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't really know. That's awesome. I don't know. Yeah. What else? You, know why, you haven't asked me why, why I'll never make it. There's so many reasons. Well, well I mean, you've, you've touched on a few, but, but I, I more, I more want to know. Yes. I more want to know why you're still here, because you have talked a little bit about yeah. your challenges and just happy accidents, but what is it that actually keeps you going? Because you wear so many hats, so is it, is it that what keeps you going, or is there a particular nugget? There are a couple. There is no nugget. There are a couple of things. I'm going to be really honest, because I was thinking about this. I mean... One is, it's my calling. I really can't not be a performer. I I'm really don't think I'm qualified for anything outside of the arts. That's not that's true. I didn't go to college. I don't know shit. <laughs> um, but also, I wouldn't be a complete me if I wasn't performing, which means that even if I wasn't getting hired, I would find a way to do it. Uh, but the other real reality is that I get enough work. That I'm still here because I get enough work that... Like, just when, I, when I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'll never work again. So that little thing comes along. They keep pulling me back in. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the honest answer is I think the a big reason that I'm still here is it's going well by someone's standards. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, mean, you keep I always want to do more. You know, it's funny. But again, you were talking about f- things feel differently from the inside than they do from the outside. I see my frustrations. I see the things that I haven't accomplished. And I have to remind myself, as you do, because from the outside, people are like, oh, my God, I would love to have a career like Michael Kostros. I've worked a lot. I've got, like, this huge resume. But I don't feel like that guy at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We it's, never it's, do. It's, it's weird how that is. I mean, it, it, it is kind of true in this business, and it's the same in our own brain, that we're kind of only as good as your last show kind of kind of attitude. Yes. It's like, what, what did I just do? Okay, I was proud of that. Okay, I'm, we, I'm good. But, but we so rob ourselves of our accomplishments. I know, it's I sad. I know. It you is. You know, I... I uh, I always I describe the way I feel about myself as a, a, a potato. I feel like a potato. I just feel like a, a potato. my wife loves potatoes. By the way, yeah. Well, she probably she should see my work. Like, like um, a no. like a, a russet or no, a sweet I, potato. I, I I just feel sort of probably like mashed potatoes. I'm sort of just dull, and and I just sort of sit there like a sort of a generic potato. That's not how I'm perceived at all. I mean, then I get on the stage and I'm Max Bialystok for three hours, you know. And, and all, you know, I don't feel like, oh, that's that guy from TV. You know, I think if I had to call myself a potato, I would say a sweet potato. Because when I'm when I'm good, I'm good. But I'm only in season. And then there's a lot of it where oh. I'm just not I'm just not there. I think we're carrying this so just way too far. <laughs> okay, Dewey, come on. What potato are you? Um, oh god, was it like maybe like corn, corn potatoes, <laughs> a yeah, corn potato, not, but like oh, if not, I'm on the plate, I'm just I'm you're the corn. corn. Oh, oh, oh you're, it's not a potato, you're, you're, it's corn. It's but the we're other all starch. starches, the other me? starch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, uh, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, yeah, you no, know, I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, well, well. Thank you so much, Michael. Are we this done? Is, no, See, I know. This is what happens. I, I, I know. I know. You. Well, well. Wait. You. You said you had a question for us, right? You wanted to like pose a question. I just want to know to what, a, what what made you start this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, all right. Oh, you already well, told me that off air, off air. Well, but we didn't we didn't say it on air. Oh, okay. So okay. So I, I I will give my version, and then Dewey can give his version. Yeah. But for me, I I had been listening to other podcasts, and I thought, oh oh, these people are funny, or or this is entertaining, and 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 Dewey and I had had worked on a show and I liked the rapport that we had with each other and really yeah yeah I know and and but 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 here's the thing we got a response because it was just us two talking but other people were listening oh and they were laughing and I was like oh people like listening to us and then then it just got the wheels going this is what I mean about being open to the accidents yeah you didn't plan this it sort of it sort of made itself happen no my class somebody made me teach it I didn't know I had it you know I I, I've got a a, a award-winning cabaret show because to, a friend and I thought, let's just do an evening of funny songs for our friends. And people went, oh, no, no, you have to keep doing this. So, you know, happy accidents. We haven't talked about acting at all, but that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 we I talked about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we've actually talked a about the present. Nuggets couple, a couple of nuggets All right, Dewey, so, so why, why are you here? Yeah. I, to be honest, um, being from the middle of nowhere, I, I don't uh, – this level – this world, where where you're not super famous. I mean, I think people wouldn't recognize you on the street, probably. I, actually, I do get recognized on the street a fair amount, and yeah. uh, but they don't. They, sometimes they're like, "How do I know you?" Or sometimes <laughs> they're like, "You're that guy from the Wire." Yeah. So yeah. Um, so yes, actually, Dewey, I do get recognized. That's what I'm. No, I was I was saying that, oh, but because yeah. I was the... about to add you into us, but I'm like, well, no, you you get recognized. He's, but, he's a step up, up. But but this level of actor that is just sort of yeomaning their way through mm-hmm. this business. Love that. And I, I have had the good fortune of working enough to still be here. Um, I, I have a friend who lives a, about a block from here who is, I think, in his late 70s now, maybe 80, who you, like, the folks here may not recognize his name, but he's done nothing but be a professional actor his whole career. So cool. And that it's it's this invisible world. It's this thing that you don't realize can be. Yeah. That I. I Wait, I'm sorry. What this sort of blue collar status of this being blue an, yeah, collar I actor? Lo- that's what I love. Yeah. Because it, for me, it was, and and I think for a lot of my family and friends who you know are still in Missouri that didn't make it out here, that they they see that I they they worry about me or yes. they they think that I'm not accomplishing. Uh, what I'm accomplishing, and and even my own version of my like kid self doesn't fully recognize what it is that I'm in the middle of. That's what it is. Which yeah. is a career. Yeah. Uh, which is a life in the theater, yeah. and the idea of of being able to to talk about that and provide this knowledge to the world that yeah. this exists and it's a fulfilling way to live your life. Yeah, uh, if, it's, if it's for you, if it's for you, because it's mad, not for everybody. It, it can be it's, maddening. Oh, yeah. oh, oh! It's, I mean, yeah, yeah. Believe me, I mean, just like you referenced earlier, there there have been those times where I'm like, okay, I could be happy. I'll just move to Florida and I'll just live another life because this is is too hard. Yeah. I don't, so I, I I get that mentality too. It it can be daunting and nerve wracking. And but we know that, and we yeah, and we do it anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah, but yet we yeah, but yet I've I've gone through that moment, and I was kind of resigned to okay, I'll do this. But then, like, an audition comes up, or by God, you get books and something, and you're like, oh right, right, right. I, I got to do this. <laughs> I got to pull me back. I just left my job of six years. Me I had too. a day job of yeah, six oh, years. Yeah. 
um, while doing work in New York. I've worked only in New York. Oh, I which... misheard you. I thought you said I just love my job. I was thinking acting. Left you left it. your job. Left it. A day job. I had to take. I I had to leave it in order to take a contract, and I never turned down a contract like an acting contract. No. So I took the contract, left the job, and I had this like void. I'm I'm going on another contract in the middle of March, but I had this void of two and a half months where there was nothing happening. Yeah, and that's not happened to me in like a decade. And I was terrified of it, and yet, like, we're here today. I'm going to a rehearsal after this. I yeah. have another rehearsal this evening. Like, it it, it does just kind of keeps plugging along just enough to keep you going. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. I sometimes say to my wife, oh, I didn't do anything today. She's like, um, you coached somebody. You worked <laughs> on a book. You wrote a curmudgeon. You're working. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. What you, that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I've, I have to remind myself too. I last week there was one day I had four auditions in one day, and they were all done before one p.m. I don't think I've ever had all that. four auditions Impressive. all done before one p.m. Yeah. I was done. I was like, okay, I, I'm I'm done for the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was done. So yeah, it, it's 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 a weird little profession that we've all chosen, but at the same time, it's so fulfilling. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> in its I own love, little way. I love it. It's it's fucked up and weird and depressing, and it's a wonderful, terrible profession, as I always say. And I I I, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, as as much as I'm, you know, known for preaching the the grim realities, because I think we have to be very realistic about the career. Yeah, I. Still would choose it, yeah. You know. Well, right. thank you. You know what? I think that's. I think that's. That's how you leave it. That, that's, that, that's where you leave it. I got nothing else. Well, well, Michael. Again, thank you so much. My for, for joining us. This has been enlightening and fun. <laughs> I want to also thank the children at recess. Yes. Uh, like, oh, and, and, the and the ambulance. I. I. You know. Let's. Let's all send I'll our thoughts. Thoughts and prayers to the ambulance. Yes. You know that they're they're doing okay. But uh, all right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. And if you want to get in touch with us, you know, you know how to reach us. WhileNeverMakeIt.com. Michael, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, I'm so bad at this. Uh, let's see. Uh, for, 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 uh, for coaching and that kind uh, of stuff. Audition, yeah. Anything. AuditionPsych101.com yeah. pretty much has everything because it's, it's my class. It's my book. It's reaching me. Uh, so that's probably the best thing to give you. AuditionPsych101.com. Or theweeklycurmudgeon.com if you just want to <laughs> read my complaints. <laughs> just, just pet peeves and that's it. I think you might enjoy it. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we, for Dewey and myself, Patrick, we will see you next time on... Why I'll Never Make It. Bye. The Why I'll Never Make It podcast is hosted by Dewey Cadell and Patrick Oliver-Jones and produced by Dylan Adams. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can leave us amazing reviews, of course. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Why I'll Never Make It or via email at whyillnevermakeit at gmail.com. Lastly, we now have a website, whyillnevermakeit.com. You know, Dewey, it certainly sounds like we're making it. I'm not making it. I'll never make it. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.